This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? I'm doing just fine, John. How about you? Oh, couldn't be better. So, what do you have on tap for us tonight? All right. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for their patience in awaiting this podcast. And also, it's like, you know, make it worth your while. It's like, it's going to be talking about someone who I've, an artist, writer, artist who I've generally admired for years now, a guy by the name of Paul Pope. It's like, he, like, um, Pope has been one of the, um, he's basically worked on the, um, He's been one of like, the most um, innovative and distinctive writer and artist in like, of the pa- past two decades, first emerging on the scene in the early 90s with his creator-owned work, Sint Tulo, seeing the, and seeing the Ballad of Dr. Richardson. Now, it's like he's, now in most of the 90s, though, he, he was basically um, off, like, working off the radar like in, um, in, the, in the indie scene with his um, signature series, THB, and also contributing um, stuff to the indie anthology, Negative Burn, as well as a uh, like series to um dark, series to um dark horse dark horse comics presents. Now he's like he he since um he's since been inching ever closer to the mainstream with um, with works um for DC Vertigo as well as um DC Proper and Marvel as well. And um but in each of those like even when he's working for for quote unquote the man it's like he's maintained his distinctive um visual style visual style which has been heavily influenced by by manga and Europe, European comics. Um, his his latest work, the um, um the superhero, his um own superhero epic, Battling Boy, um is set to um, finally um release later this year, courtesy of First Second Publishing. So I mean, this has been in, in the works for years, and I've been looking forward to it for God knows how long. But you know, it's not that that's causing me to finally give him his due as in in podcast form. But basically, the fact that Image. Um, great people they are have gone have worked with him to create to compile a uh, collection of his earliest work um, from the from the early early to late nineties, basically tra- entitled the One Trick Ripoff in Deep Cuts. Now, if you if you know if you've been reading the reading my podcast re- reading the blog, I mean, you'll notice that when I first mentioned this this collection um, when it was solicited in in solicited by Image, I was looking like this is gonna. Like, one of my favorite things of the year because like, I love I love Pope. He's got this great distinctive visual style where like, everyone looks like they're in motion, and er- it's like and it's it just doesn't like conform to any like you no know, modern visual visual standards. It's great stuff, and I was convinced that this is going to be like one of like easily one of, like the like, easiest picks for like best of best of 2013. Now, that's as I stand right now, this is probably not going to quite be the case, but it's not. Um, necessarily do any fall through on Pope himself, well, not quite, or image, but because, just because of the fact of the nature of the, the collection itself, because this is basically Pope's earliest work. This is basically the art when he, as an artist, was still like, like trying to, like, so I'm like, pushing its boundaries and just, like, find out what he can do with the um, within the realm of the medium and also what he can get away with, you know, and still you know, still get published as well. Now, this, now, this collection is a very nice hardcover comes in a nice, nice slick. See, nice, nice slick presentation, and also comes with a great um, introduction by Charles Brownstein of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, who does a great service to everyone by putting all this stuff into context. Because all this stuff is basically from the period of um, 1993 to 2001. Basically, we're we're, we're seeing all of this stuff, that, all this other stuff that he did um, in the. It's like. During this during this time, as he was doing as he was putting out THB, it's like and um, it's like and just you know like entertaining um, um job offers to work in work in Japan from Kodansha. 
Now, the big, the longest story in this is the is the title story, the one trick ripoff, which is republished from Dark Dark Horse um, Comics Presents. It's the story of um two let's see, of two two kids um Tubby and Vim who are like, uh, Tubby is um he's a member of the um, this gang in L.A. called the One Tricks. They're kind of the baddest gang in the town because they got this one trick, which basically they've got. Um, they can basically um, control your mind. It's like if if you let them. I'm telling you this right now because that's that's one thing you have to get get a you have to get across in order to really really appreciate this story. Now, um, but Tubby's tired of just you know doing the gang the gang banger life, and he wants to like you know make a break for something better. So he gets the great idea to go and hey you know we're, we're going to rip off. I know how to get. The um the one tricks um money stash so I'm gonna so I'm gonna go ahead and steal it and um and his girlfriend um Vim is gonna help him so it's your standard setup you know it's like you know like um kids want to make want to make a better break for themselves and they're gonna like you know rip off their their bosses in order to do it now finish up what um makes the story a bit more distinct than 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 the normal is the fact that uh, it takes um Vim's um his plans negative time in order to go wrong because you know hey when he's going out one of his because things go bad for him once um once he sets out on one of his um one of his missions for the what for the one tricks and things and things just go straight south to hell but not for any reason that he planned so so it's like it's it's a it's a fun story it's like it's even though it's like i said it's it's a very familiar setup it's like it's still like it's still made and just to be I'm pretty entertaining. Once you um, once you see um them trying, uh, sorry Tubby trying to um um like work like um once things go bad for him, and then he keeps trying to um work things back into his original setup to rip off the um the one tricks money stash. It, th- that's it. That's interesting enough, and this and the, the art is also nice as well. I mean, it's, it maintains Pope's um like have, like um vi- very visual visually kinetic style, and it's um constantly. And it's um, nevertheless interesting to look to look at. So it's good. It's good stuff right there. It's a great start to the um, volume. Now then you get um, a lot of the other uh, the um, other stuff he did for the um, anthology Negative Burn, which because this is a lot of like um, poetry stuff um, that he did, which you, you know it's nice to look at and all, but you know I've never been one for poetry um, outside of Shel Silverstein anyway. But um, it's you know, it's not bad, and um, but it's kind of like you know, hey, you know, you've got it, got it in print right, right now, in, the, in a version that's going to last, last you forever at least. You've also got um other short stories like him. I got called, had himself called the Invisible Man, where he envisions himself as someone who suffered a horrific, horrific accident and have to ha- has to have his girlfriend help him out to, to get through life when he's horribly disfigured. You've got a nice little story about um. Portrait of a girl with an unpronounceable name, where he's talking with talking with a friend, and then he finds out he doesn't into the portrait of this girl for no, like just just helping another guy out. And then he finds out as he's drawing this girl that um she that she died that she drowned in a, it's like in a freak accident. It's, it's an interesting it's, it's an interesting interesting story. It's like and, it's, and um it gets you know, like I'm sorry, God damn it I spoiled it for everyone anyway. But it's but it's a night but it's but it sticks with you and it's and it's in, the, in its tragic outcome, but um, a lot of the, but generally a lot of the stories from the um, one trick ripoff are, are kind of like you know like visions of a, an art artist like um, trying to find his trying to find his voice and just you know just like showing off pressing against the boundaries of the medium. Lots, 
probably the most notable story in this in this collection is the um super, is the story Super Trouble, which um is probably like his most explicitly manga influenced story about these three schoolgirls, two one who's like the um the wild crazy one, the other other girl is like the kind of the um not as crazy but still follows the wild crazy one, and the um sensible one who hangs out with these two because you know because they're they're her friends, and they get in, and the um, wild and crazy one gets gets in her minds to um, steal the uh, to get her get the sensible ones um, flying plates, which allow them to fly because you know like shit like that can happen in this world. And um, in order to do that, she she basically like tricks her into tricks the sensible into in, entering into a um, into a spicy food eating contest, and it just gets more ridiculous from there. It's like I think as the um as the contest goes on and on it's a lot of it's a lot of fun it's like and and, pro- and probably one of those standout story easy one of the standout stories aside from the um, title of the story itself then you get a then you get some nice stories which um pre- which um le- which you can see very much lead into his some of his later work which I'll talk about in a second such as um such as night night job which essentially a um also a prologue story to um, 100%, which basically talks about this one kid who's washing, makes his living washing dishes, then gets his, um, gets his chance to go on a uh, mob hit with one of his, um, with, see, one of his, um, with one of his bosses, um, right-hand men, and things go, things go bad, but he winds up making out good pretty, like, anyway. So, so even though it's like the, um, the one hit, see, the one trick ripoff and deep cuts, like, isn't kind of like the whole holy shit. This is like the best thing I've read all year. It doesn't quite read that. Um, I get that from you. Like, a lot of this stuff is it's good, but it's still kind of like you know, you know, the artist hasn't quite arrived yet. Anyway, in, in my opinion, I mean, it's, it's, this is probably something more for the like, you know, once you've kind of like once you've like you know like realizing you know, what what this guy's capable of. You want to see, oh well, hey, he's done this. He's done stuff in his early days. I'm gonna want to read this right now. So there you go. But for his really good stuff, then you want to go to um, like some of his later period works, like um, I like say, Heavy Liquid from DC Vertigo. Because after, because um, the thing about Pope is that he worked for, actually worked for a time in Japan under the auspices of Kodansha. Because they they saw they were actually like looking into um, Western talents, and he was one of the people they recruited. And if I remember that he actually did um, talk about his work in like, in Japan with um, this is um, late great Pope anthology. Unfortunately, I didn't get my hands on that, so I can't tell you the whole story about that. But he wound up writing a lot more stuff than he actually used. But um, that eventually, he was eventually able to get a, get a bunch of stuff, to repurpose a bunch of stuff for some of his later, later works. But anyway, once he um, came back to um, to the U.S., he wound up hooking up with Vertigo for two series. One of these is Heavy Liquid, the story of, um, of one man named S. Basically, he's not, he's not given any name beyond that, or, you know, he, it's, we're left to our imagination of what S stands for. Some people call him the Stooge. Other people just—he's just S. So he's just—he's just a guy who, who um, who's high on this one drug, on this um, one drug um, called black milk that you can get from heating up the um, the tile, the tile liquid. So and this, it's a, and this this series is—it's interesting in the fact that it's kind of like you you're kind of like coming to this series like in media res. Like it's, the series is like it's like the, the interesting media middle of like of a great of a great work so you you're introduced with s as he's uh, making a break from his current situation um for the people who um set up who um who he ripped off the heavy liquid from and um eventually i um, put him back into contact and 
um, after he sells this this liquid, he, the people who buy it want to put him back into contact with his old old ex girlfriend, and that forms him the crux of the plot right there. The story is kind of very much very much a chase chase story, basically um, focused on. There's a lot of momentum in it. It's like a lot of a lot of a lot of action as well. As um, S is constantly either running from the people who who he's ripped off, or running to the um the girl that um he used he used to date. It's it is a it's like even though it's like it doesn't have quite say a proper beginning or a proper ending or at least when we get to the ending we find out the secret of the heavy liquid. It's like I kind of wanted to know okay well what happens next. I mean it's. It it is the book does kind of an ending, but it's kind of the ending you get when with a chapter, you know. It, oh, that's an interesting plot, plot twist. What happens next? Oh, wait, that's the end of the story. But still, it's like it's still a very, very compelling, very visually distinct work, thanks to um, thanks to Pope's like um heavily kinetic style that everyone is all al- is always in motion. It's like and there's always always since the moment that like, keeps you page to page. As well as um, thanks to John Workman's um, futuristic um, lettering as well. It's like even like I said, um, I would even regard that, that my my issues with this like are relatively minor. That you know, hey, it's like I constantly like like to reread reread this and just like you know think about well, what what did happen to this guy next and what happened what what was he like before this? It's it's, it's a great it's a great story that also also managed to give you a lot of good see a lot of good character. Lots of the, enough character detail to make you care about the, the characters in order to wonder about well, what happens to them next. Like I love to see him make like you know part one and a part three to this series, but you know what we have here is is good. And like and if we never find out what happens next, I'd say it's still worth. Excuse me, it's still worth reading and still worth adding to your library. Now his other series that he did with with Vertigo was actually um, partially derived um, from the work he did with Kodansha, and it's called One Hundred Percent. Now, it's, now it's hard to say, like to say like, you know, what wonder the title has to do with the rest of the series, aside from the fact that you know just people trying to live life to the fullest. But the series itself is kind of like you know it's a it's a big character ensemble drama, basically like following a lot of these people as, as they live through their lives in in the future. And that's another thing about that I want to mention with um heavy heavy, heavy liquid and on one hundred percent, even though they're both approaching their Oh, let's see. What is this? Oh, they're almost, they're both approaching. They're they're over ten years old now. You can read them, and they still seem like completely fresh and new. It's like even if they as if they had just been. If you if I had told you if I hadn't told you this and told you oh they were published in the last year, you'd have believed me totally. Cause it's there's just there's just like let's see there's this um futuristic sense to them. It's like in they're not heavy sci-fi, but they're just like you know. Like ahead of the curve to the point where you know, it's like, like where they were like, they don't they 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 were, they were just like you know completely they were not entirely of the time that they were published. It sounds ridiculous, but they still but rereading these again for this podcast, um, they still felt as vital as they were um back in back in the day when they were published. Now, hundred percent though, like I said, it's a it's a it's an interconnected character study, basically focusing on people. Focusing on artists, artists who are trying to create great art against commerce, um, girls who are trying to protect themselves with um, by getting by getting guns. It's like um, like fighters who are trying to um, like you know, f- find a way to like remain remain re- relevant even though they're over their hill. It's like and um and b- bus boys like finding finding true love, finding true love and then losing 
lose it as quickly as, as it happens because the girl has her own issues themselves. So it's I mean, kind of, the best kind of comparison gives like um it's like Paul Thomas Anderson's work and say um Boogie Nights and more specifically Magnolia and how um how all the characters like like um stories like interconnect and flow and flow together. It's I mean it's like it's it's not as I mean to be honest um even though the series does have a very distinct beginning the end you know, by the time I get to the ending yes it does have an ending but at the same time it's kind of like well I'm still left wondering you know what happens next. What happens? And um, it's like all the characters' arcs are still kind of like they're not entirely up in the air, but at the same time they're kind of like, hey, we've reached convenience stopping points. We're just going to end it right here. I could have gone for another um, 200 pages of these of these people's exploits. That's how that's how much I was involved in their in their stories. It's like, and it's and even though like you know these these stories are kind of like relatively expensive. I mean, one hundred. It's, it's thirty bucks. Toby Liquid is um, twenty five. Is oh, it's also thirty bucks. Oh, it's twenty five bucks as well. It's like very much worth your worth money. I can tell you that much. I mean, it's like, like I said, even though it's like it's, like I said, it sounds like I mean, like one hundred percent. It's kind of like a lot of talking heads. Pope's visual style is it's like, it still maintains that kineticism. It sounds a forward movement and momentum. Even when like you know they're just talking, they're still. There's still this um, energy and vitality to their like to, to how these characters look and how they speak. It's, it's thoroughly, like I said, it's thoroughly compelling. It's like it's something I highly recommend to everyone. But you know, hey, if you if you're um if you're looking for like you know something that's more accessible, something that, you know that has like a, a um like, you know something you can get into, like uh, something from Pope that you you have like an easy access to point into. You know, there's always Batman because you know. Pope also did a Batman story called Batman Year 100, and it was so good that he won a, he won Eisner's for it because I don't know I, even though I'm I want something to say this is probably one of the best Batman stories I've ever read Batman Year 100 because but even though it's like parts of it kind of almost like logically keep holding me back from it. but let me let me tell you about this story because basically this is Bat, Batman Year 100 but you know it's Batman of the future and I'm um, He's and we and, and even though we're like yes he is he he's he is kind of Bruce Wayne but at the same time he's almost not I mean, it sounds confusing when I say that but at the same time when you read this it'll make perfect sense that this this Batman is someone like we don't know that he I mean he could be Bruce Wayne but at the same time he's also could be just you know Bruce's um like son or I mean to be honest like if um this is who Damian Wayne grows up into I'd be perfect. Perfectly cool with that. Cause this is a great, this is a great ride right here. Because I mean, it starts off with like this is a world where um that's United States that's descended into, in, into like all, into fascism, where you know like every like the government's like you know Big Brother is watching you all the time. But the person like who is able to fight against that is is Batman himself. And things start out with him in a bad way. Like he's wounded. He's running from dogs. He's running from the um, security forces of. Of of the government and Gotham City, because he's he's seen something he's not he is not supposed to, and he's, he needs to find a way in order to get. It's like in order, it's in order he has to find find a way out in order to get get back get to a safe zone so he can process all this. This this is also another another series that is highly focused on the chase, and it's like and it's also but but it also melds it with like the Batman mythos as well because we've also got um, Commissioner Gordon like in here as well. And he's trying, and he's Gordon. He's trying to do the right thing, and but 
but the government, but the um, government's also working against him as well. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy futuristic stuff, and it, but also like brings in like in modern day um, futuristic equivalents to um, Oracle and uh, and Robin as well, as Batman you know try um, you know, as Batman tries to go in to, um you know um, find out why why it's like um why the um the the um what am I saying the um the uh, the, the trade that he witnessed from the go- from the government operators um went down as badly as it did and why he's wanted as as a result of it, it's. See, even though the story isn't the story isn't really big on character. I mean, it's like it does kind of rely a lot on what you know about Batman himself and his supporting cast in order to um, you know, make make it work. But you know, if you're familiar with Batman as time, it's kind of that's not going to be a problem at all. And also, but it also like has a lot of lot of um, fascinating bits because this is a very much do-it-yourself Batman. This is not a Batman who's got the um, vast financial resources of of the um, Wayne fortune. It's someone who's trying to uh, who's making who's um doing the best with with what he has and who's got a um who's got a um, outfit and costume that's much more um feeling with um the old school Batman of the ni- 1930s. It's also some nice bits about how ba- this Batman is like very much um versed in the theatrical. How he um he will put in um like fangs in his mouth to give like a, a theatrical roar and a fearsome vision to the um co- to the um security forces who are chasing him. So he gets. And all this is communicated visually. It's not like explicitly stated in the text, even though there are some clunky bits where um where we've got Gordon Norse and the supporting cast explaining the plot to us as we're as we're going by. So there's a lot of great information communicated in a purely visual basis. And to be honest, like you know, hey, this is a this is the fa- this is still a great Batman story that I would recommend to anyone who is interested in the character. And also, you know, it's like my biggest with this is that you know it feels like you know this is a the first part of a planned trilogy. I mean, well, not really planned, but you know it's like it, 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 it things end with you know Batman securing a solid win with and establishing a relationship with Commissioner Gordon for future successes. But at the same time, though, it's like you know it's kind of like, oh the, the um like the fascist nature of America has not been overturned, and so you know you've got to have Batman of Year One Hundred come back and try to solve that. So you know it's like I love to see um pope do more with this but at the same time you know it's like i'd, I'd certainly be um happy to content content myself with what, what we've got here so overall it's like i'd rec i'd, I'd say i recommend all this stuff i mean particularly um heavy liquid and 100 percent as well as batman year 100 and if you like on what you read right here then go back and read one trick ripoff because i'm sure you'd like that as well and as for battling boy well hey it's like it's like to read that Read that. Read about that later in this year, because as soon as that comes out, I am all over that like white on rice. All righty. So, John, let's see uh, any particular thoughts on this, or anything strike your fancy? Not really, but um, like white on rice, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's like, I, I like I like using that 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 simile. It's a nice it's 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 a nice all-purpose one. Absolutely. Yeah, because we know how white rice is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome, sir. No, uh, no comments for me tonight, sir. Okay. Well, I will say, well, it's like I said, I've already said my thoughts on this. I will say you may want, you may have something to say about our next podcast, though. And? Next 
Twitch podcast. Like so I'm busy rereading it as we speak, and that is um, Oh Great, Tenjo Tenge, because the final volume is out, and I am going, busy rereading that to bring you all my all my thoughts on like this, on what is basically described as Dragon Ball, you know, with big old titties. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, you've been buying them in the uh, the big the Viz Big editions. Is that what they are? Are you been buying them like that, or did you buy them and they have them originally in individual like volumes? Shall not speak of the original edition. This is this is this was released in, but all I can say is that the um the Viz edition is the only legitimate edition of the series that you need to consider yourself. Got it. Absolutely. All right then. Well, until next time, uh, that will be all, and uh, hopefully. Uh, we're still working on that uh, little bit of an intro, so next time we'll ha- maybe we'll have that in there. So um, we'll see, and some other exciting changes. Maybe we'll be coming down the pipe here. Who knows for our listeners' enjoyment and uh, edification, as they say. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Later. All right. See ya. Bye.